Hi. Hey. It's April 19th. 2018. This is the A-side of... Episode 21 of Do You Follow Podcast. What's Do You Follow Podcast, Juliet? It's a podcast about social media and content marketing, where we answer real questions from people who are working in marketing at small companies, big companies, people who are running their own businesses, or just people who are confused about social media in general. And Mm. as we are recording this, we're also live streaming it on at jdelphine instagram so you might hear us refer to our viewers who Mm -hmm. sometimes ask questions in real time yes we have okay one quick announcement yeah what's the announcement we just took a dig into our analytics (laughs) you guys do you think the a side's more popular or the b side yeah let us know i had a hunch that it was the A side. I would have thought it was the A side, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's the B side, which means people just like us for us. They like yeah. our personalities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the A side is where we talk about, we answer very specific tactical questions that we get from you guys. The B side is where we just like dish on social media news and like talk about whatever we want and play games. And I'm going to be honest, I'm so happy that B side's more popular. Me too. Because it makes me feel like people like us for us, not just like for our big brains. Yes. Ricky um, Kondo said she likes the B-side, thanks, too. Thanks, Ricky. <laughs> okay, we are on a tight schedule this morning, yeah. so we are going to dive right in. Mm-hmm. We're going to do one question, but it's an extra good one. Yeah. Oh, okay, before we get into the question, though, I have a letter to the editor. Oh, this is such a good one. <laughs> this is a really good one. Okay. We got some really great feedback. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just love what this person said. I just discovered your podcast, and I've been, I've been binging on it like a new season of Stranger Things. Oh, stop. I'm beyond obsessed with this podcast, and I'm so excited That's to keep listening. That's so nice. Will you send me that screenshot? I want to yeah, put it on my IG. it's really nice. She said, I just listened to episode three about buying followers. You should listen to that if you haven't. We yeah. talk about whether or not you should do that. Right. Um, and she wanted to reach out since you asked if anyone had done any of the things you talked about to get followers. So she's saying she's a senior in college, and she's been a remote Instagram intern for a social media consultant. Very cool internship. Um, My job has been to grow the accounts each week, post photos every day, and interact with people who interact with the accounts I run. I use the follow slash unfollow method to grow these accounts, and it's been such an interesting experience. So she was just telling us that she's been using that to kind of help grow these accounts. And you can listen to the whole thing on episode three, but um, it's a manual but effective tactic if, like, Instagram growth is something that you're wanting to do. And you know what? Since the API change... There, there's those, like, services that allow you to... They, oh, they like, probably don't work anymore. They don't work anymore. A couple of my the, like, fave um, analytics tools, like, lost some features because of the API. Oh, it's a bummer. It's a huge bummer. Um, yeah. I mean, it's probably good ultimately, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's bad yeah. for us. Um, okay, so that okay, was our letter. That was our letter to the editor. Our question for this week is... Um, about kind of like local social media. Um, I thought this was a great question. Yeah. So this person is saying that she's um, she's looking to create a social plan for a brand that's only available right now in New York City. She's wanting to look into influencer marketing, but she's unsure of all of the methods that she can use since the service is only in one location right now. So potential customers might not be able to convert. So she's asking for ideas on how to grow social reach when there's this limitation. Um, And I guess assuming from this question, it's a service and not a product. Um, 
So I guess, you know, thinking about social strategy for a brand or a product or service that is in just one location, how do you do that? Well, this is what Instagram's, like, made for. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, location is such a big part of it. So here's where I would start. I guess you could do these things in, like, slightly different order. But Mm -hmm. first of all, I would find who are your competitors in New York City and look who's – click on their um, tagged photos, like, who tagged them in a photo, Mm -hmm. and see if any influencers tagged them or went there. And also check on their hashtags and on their geotag. Mm -hmm. And you might find some people, like, if it's a hair salon or, like, a nail art place or, like, a cool bakery or something, like – if it, you know, find a competitor who are Instagramming and see who's already going there, that yep. would be a good place to identify people. Mm-hmm. And then once you find those people, you can see, like, who do they tag, like, who are their friends and, like, mm-hmm. go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't find anyone that way, you know, I would just, like, look on um, very Instagrammy places in New York City, like the Botanical Gardens mm-hmm. or, like, any hot restaurants and yeah. s- go into their geotag and see if there's any really pretty pictures. Click mm-hmm. into those, see if those are influencers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if yeah. you already know any New York influencers that you like, just go through their feed and see, like, who they tag and hang out with. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think it's, like, this question is interesting because this person is worried about... Um, you know, speaking so broadly to an audience when it's only available in one location. Mm-hmm. But I actually think there's a benefit to that sometimes. Like, I'm thinking of The Wing, yeah. which is the all-women's kind of co-working space and, like, exclusive club. Yeah, totally. It started just in New York City in one location. It's now expanding a lot. But, like, it grew this massive, like, following and community. people wa- wish they yeah, had Yeah, people were, like, yeah. commenting, like, bring the wing to Australia. And it, yeah. it, they just did that by creating a really good brand and, like, having a message mm. that people loved. So I think it doesn't matter that you're just in no. New York City right now. And you can really, like, play that up. It's, Most like, places in – most of the cool places in New York. The Birchbox yeah. store. I mean, that was a little different you could buy those products online. Mm-hmm. Glossier, like, a little different because you could buy the products online. Mm-hmm. But, like – Influencers want to do things Mm -hmm. that not a lot of people can do. Right. And also, like, people visit New York, Mm -hmm. you know? So New York's, like, really different in that way. Like, people... It's kind of like a global city that, like, yeah, it's just New York, but, like... mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When we were at Birchtracks, people would come into town for vacation and come to the Birchtracks store and, like, tell us. Yeah. I also think, like, we're doing something right now for the royal wedding where um, we're celebrating with the plaza and there's going to be a party in the morning that people can come to and so like we're doing a giveaway like um where people can have a two-night stay at the plaza so like Mm -hmm. look for people you could team up with to Mm -hmm. like give away a weekend in new york and you don't even have to give away a plane ticket if you don't want to but Mm -hmm. like people would buy a ticket to new york for like an amazing weekend totally um which allows you to get the people who don't live in New York City, like, involved. Or, like, you could do a giveaway with an influencer and create some kind of, like, fun prize that's, like, representative of your service that Mm -hmm. you can't, like, do via e-com and send to everybody, but you could just send to, like... Mm -hmm. Like, how we did Love Stories to be in chill kits. You know what I mean? Like, a way to get people to, like, engage with something. Definitely. Um, Yeah. I also think that um, it doesn't matter, like... I think that influencers, like, when you work with them, like, you can ask them to look in their analytics and see, like, where their people live. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you are an influencer who lives in New York, like, probably a lot of your followers are in New York. Yeah. But, like, before you pay someone or work with them, you can ask them to look in their IG analytics and mm-hmm. see, like, where their 
followers live mm-hmm. to make sure they're like at least have some kind of following yeah. in that city. And if you're going to be doing a little bit of paid social marketing, which you probably yeah. should be yeah. since it is a, a location, yeah, that's what like Instagram and Facebook are the best at. Like you can target so specifically based on location, based on interests, and get really granular. Um, and, you know, you could also include, if this is a service, like some kind of incentive or offer to get people to that actual location um, and pick a really specific pool of people through that targeting. Um, so definitely, like, look into that as a way to kind of grow reach based on, like, a specific pocket of people. Yeah, once you find those influencers, right, you can mm-hmm. use little, very little bits of money mm-hmm. on Google and, I and, mean, on Instagram and Facebook yeah. and Google, too, for search, obviously, mm-hmm. but that is always, almost always location-based. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know what exactly the service is, but um, if you have, like, a storefront, think about, like, the sort of, like, traditional, like, you know, the neighborhood setting. Like, what are the other stores or, like you know, neighbors, businesses who are neighbors that can kind of help you with um, extending your reach and and doing that marketing for you? Like, are there opportunities that you can partner with some of your neighbors um, to do, like, co-hosted events or, like, a kickback where people can kind of, you know, come into your, to get a service, but if they find about it through another business that's, like, a next-door neighbor. So I think doing stuff like that with um, people in the area is also a good thing. So, I like this question. Yeah, me too. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, don't be worried hashtags. about. Did we talk about hashtags? We didn't talk I mean, about make hashtags. Sure you That's use, a good idea. So always geotag. Everyone always. should always geotag on Instagram. Yes. Unless you like. I mean, I don't geotag a lot because I like don't want people to know where I am because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know. Yeah, but, but geotagging um, helps does help with discoverability. Yeah, and you don't have to geotag the real place. Yeah, you could so do, sometimes like, I'll just geotag New York yeah. or like whatever. But always use hashtags. Um, you know, use mm-hmm. your competitors' hashtags and use New York specific. Yeah, definitely. Um, and as you're kind of like growing your follower base. It's also important to, like, think about them, especially in the beginning, like, ways mm-hmm. to reward them. Like, maybe you do something every once a week where you, like, pick a, like, fan Friday and have them come in for, like, a comped service or, yeah, like, totally. a discounted service. So those people, especially in the beginning, can be great word-of-mouth advocates for you as you grow. And we were talking about the... Um, letters to the editor was talking about follow and follow like mm-hmm. do that to like accounts for competitors in New York mm-hmm. so you're like attracting the right people and then Instagram yeah. will start like suggesting your page and your content to similar people and you'll yeah. get like suggested to New York people so yeah. I, I like that, that question mm-hmm. it's a good one it is a good one um I think that's it, right? So that was sort of like a power episode, I guess. Yeah. Good question. Really good question. Important tip. Oh, do we want to talk about reward style? How oh, many yeah. minutes do we have? We have we have a little bit longer left. Okay. Yeah. So if you are sort of up on digital marketing news, you might have seen this story about uh, Pop Sugar and Reward Style. Mm-hmm. And Pop Sugar like did a, a scrape that it sounds like they should not have done. Yeah. And they captured a bunch of content from influencers who hadn't given it directly to them. And it's kind of mm-hmm. an in-depth story. And mm-hmm. so we're just going to recommend that you read about Fashionista wrote a great article about it. Yeah. I think like it's better to just read the article than to have us like break it down because... 
it's not mm-hmm. that's not the important part but mm-hmm. people ask us about reward style a lot yeah and many people sent us this article and so we thought it might be a good moment to do like a mini what um, is reward dive style? into what is reward style mm-hmm. so um Let's start from the beginning. Affiliate marketing mm-hmm. is when you provide unique links to other people who are typically influencers or other publishers. They use those links, and when their readers, viewers, visitors click those links and make a purchase on your website, you give them a commission. So it's like commission-based marketing. That's what affiliate marketing is. And Rakuten... Uh, R-A-K-U-T-E-N, is the biggest um, service provider of affiliate technology. Mm -hmm. Um, They're a company out of Japan, and they power, like, that affiliate Mm -hmm. tracking. Mm -hmm. Other sub-affiliate networks run on top of the Rakuten technology. Mm -hmm. Reward Style is the most famous one of that. And it's for specifically bloggers and kind of like Fa- fashion, fashion and now a little bit mm-hmm. beauty and lifestyle mm-hmm. um and so the reason that the reward style founders created it is because Rakuten wasn't it's not super like user friendly it doesn't look like it was created for fashion bloggers right. it's like a tech company mm-hmm. and it's not difficult to use but um it's very broad like the um brands and retailers that are in there like run the gamut Mm -hmm. of like everything you could ever think of and so reward style was like we want to create like a sub network where the nordstroms of the world can Mm -hmm. connect with the something navies of the world and it's like a vetted environment just for like top great fashion Mm -hmm. beauty people and like great brands Mm -hmm. and they sort of layered a technology on top of rakuten that's like um, really beautiful and really easy to use. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason we get a lot of questions about it is because anyone can go today and set up an affiliate program. Like, you could open a shoe uh, retailer tomorrow, open an affiliate program on Rakuten, people could start signing up, and you could allow them to come in, and you could start giving people 10% commissions. Like, right. you don't need permission or anything like mm-hmm. that. To get into RewardStyle as both a retailer or a publisher, you have to get accepted. Yeah. So they review your Instagram, like, is it pretty enough, is it big enough, mm-hmm. or your blog, or maybe now they do YouTube. Mm-hmm. And the same with a retailer, like, is this a high-quality retailer, like, do they have high-quality marketing? So you have to get accepted in the very first place. Mm-hmm. But what they do is they don't give total transparency to the retailers. So if um, we were at Birchbox, we could go into our Rakuten dashboard and see exactly how many sales every single blogger drove from their website. But then there would be a line item just called reward style, and it aggregated all the bloggers within a reward style. So we couldn't see how the bloggers within reward style performed. You would have to, like, go to your reward style rep and, like, ask them questions and they would recommend certain people to you because they're a bit like an agency they're like a gatekeeper that's how they keep their exclusivity and their money is by like recommending to Birchbox who to work with and brokering those deals Mm -hmm. because if Birchbox can just see who's driving the most sales for them then we don't need reward style anymore Mm -hmm. so if you are a certain type of brand it is totally worth using reward style like you probably can't live without it but people ask us a lot because the cost and like legal paperwork to get set up is um, not nothing. Yeah, it's a bit complicated. Right. So 
and like to know it, which you've mm-hmm. probably heard of, which is an app, is an app created by Reward Style. It's really smart. I think it's one of the smartest like shopping apps or innovations I've I've seen, mm-hmm. and it's something that I actually use all the time. So, bloggers and influencers who are part of Reward Style can use the like to know it app and technology. Um, to publish their Instagrams to their feed Mm -hmm. so that when they tag certain brands in clothing, if you, the follower of that influencer, like, save that Instagram photo or screenshot that Instagram photo and then you open Like to Know It, Mm -hmm. you get notified what the clothes are so you can buy them really, really easily. If you're screenshotting it, you get an email. Although last week you talked about how that capability is going to be changing because of Instagram's like right now you're going to have to use it I think in like to know it but um and insta since reward style and like to know it launched Instagram now does have like shopping features Mm -hmm. but it's much harder for like a random blogger to use Instagram's features Mm -hmm. um and they might even only be available to some accounts than it is to use reward style Mm -hmm. um reward style is really easy and I just like go in the like to know it app and it's like it's sort of like an extra curated like beautiful um Instagram. Yeah, I should start doing that. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. since we're, like, redoing the apartment. Like, I go in to, like, to know at home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if you're working in beauty or fashion or lifestyle marketing, you, you definitely need to understand affiliate marketing, and you really need to, um, you know, investigate reward style. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's – so there's 16,000 influencers who are a part of the network, which, like – Honestly, it doesn't – it's not that much. So they do a really good job at keeping yeah, it, like, do. specific and curated. But uh-huh. there's, like, 4,000 retail partners and over 500,000 brands that are part of this. So mm-hmm. it's something that brands really want to be a part of. Influencers want to be a part of it. And mm-hmm. they've done an excellent job of sort of, like, staking out their space in affiliate marketing mm-hmm. that is really different from, like, an Ebates, you know, which is sort of the traditional yeah. way that you think of And the affiliate. reason like to know it is so smart is because we talk about this all the time. You typically don't click through and buy something right. in the moment. So Rakuten links, I mean, traffic is really important. It can be really directional. So at Birchbox, we would be like, okay, this influencer is driving a ton of traffic, maybe not a ton of checkouts, but maybe if we gave them a code or something mm-hmm. exclusive... Right. Like, maybe people are actually shopping through them. They're just, like, coming back another time, and so we can make mm-hmm. it easier to track. Mm-hmm. But what Like to Know It does is, like, that is much more likely how you would shop is, like, you screenshot something because you like it, and then you get an email, and then you go buy it later, but that yeah. influencer got the credit because yeah. of the email. So there's this great article that was written a couple of years ago about Amber, who founded it, and it mm-hmm. was, I can't, you know, I always remember the article. We'll, we'll put it in the sh- try to find and put it in the show notes, but... Um, we thought this sort of like pop sugar gate. What were they calling it? Scrape yeah. gate or something? <laughs> was it good? Ex- we'll put the article so you can read about it. It's yeah. a little bit like in the weeds. Um, I mean, these headlines are like you know allegedly pop sugar stole influencer like, content. Yeah. So pop sugar is like if you don't know what it is, it's like a publisher. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They have an affiliate network also called ShopStyle, but it doesn't involve influencers. It's mm-hmm. just like, I used to use Actually, ShopStyle I think, sometimes. I think they're not no longer working with ShopStyle. Oh. Yeah. I used to sometimes use it if I was like, I want black boots or yeah, whatever. Same. But it's too much work. Now I just I go know. to Zara. Um, <laughs> anyways, okay, so that's your little crash course. Yeah, but we'll link to that article. It's worth a read and kind of, you know, seeing what the, the world is buzzing about with influencer marketing right now. Thanks for joining us for the A-Side of Do You Follow podcast. 
Um, if you have questions, email do you follow podcast at gmail.com or DM Jay Delphine mm-hmm. or Rachel Joe Silver. Yeah, send us your questions. And we love when we get really specific ones. Yes, we do. So if you have a, like a really exact problem at work that you're trying to figure out and it has to do with social marketing content influencers, send it to us. That's what we want. It's our favorite. Yeah. <laughs>